guys, welcome to the neighborhood. This is the Pixel Street Podcast, episode 160. I didn't have it pulled up. 167. Oh man, we are still going at it. Uh, I am your host for this week, John Hansen. Joel had a death in the family, so uh, he is taking the week off. But in spite of that, I decided to pull some strings, put out some letters, call some numbers, and uh, I got Connor Cop right in here. What's up, Birch? Hey, hey. Uh, it's it's good to be back. It's been a while. Obviously, I've been it's on been kind months. of a pseudo-hiatus, and uh, this kind of lined up perfectly. Uh, I had nothing going on, so here I am. I'm ready to talk about video games, because back. those are cool. He's back with a brand new beard and handlebar mustache. Let's go. Listen, man, I, every now and then I think about like trimming everything else and just going with the mustache to see if I can I... do it. You should do I don't it. think it's for me. Just do it. Yeah, Just try you it. Think, you have to try it. You have to try it at I least know. once. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I don't know. I've been thinking about it because this it's been getting kind of scraggly and weird. And I like to do it every like other year or so. Just shave the whole thing down and mm-hmm. see how it goes. I think my wife would kill me, though. But I just won't tell her beforehand. So. I wish my facial hair would like come in like any good looking way. So for me, it's always like <laughs> right here. These are always sure. the most the thickest parts. These come in first. I, I have just like a slight mustache, and then the side stuff is just like so patchy and stuff. And then it took me a while. Man. Me Are so you into oils? Do no. you do any of the like beard oil kind of stuff no. or treatments? Or I, I'll tell you right now, I don't take care of my body anywhere as well <laughs> as I probably should, and I just don't sure. care. Like the, my hair, I just like I, I got to a point where it's like you know what, I'm tired of dealing with this, so I started shaving it off. So. That's the kind of person I am. <laughs> hey, man, you got to streamline things sometimes. Free up some some maintenance time for some other things in your life, you know? It, no hair care means more game time, right? Yep. Isn't that that's the gamer hack? Yeah, for sure. Heard to hear first, folks. Uh, speaking of gamers, that is what this podcast is supposed to be about, not hair routines and stuff. So this We could talk. <laughs> yeah, we could. Uh <laughs> if you didn't know, this is the podcast where every week we get together and talk about one of the things we love most, video games. Uh this week we are discussing well, we're we're going to be grading the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Uh if you didn't know, this week was the 1-year anniversary of the Series X. The 1-year anniversary for the PS5 was last week, so we're going to look at how those consoles are doing a year end. Uh, we're going to talk some Forza Horizon 5, probably quite a bit, because, wow, that game is uh, pretty popular at the moment. And we're going to take, take a quick look at uh, some things Todd Howard said about Bethesda. But let's start with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. One year ago, these bad boys released, and, man, it's been quite a ride, I would say. Uh, pandemic and everything, but we had these new powerful systems here giving us these new experiences. Okay, they're not that new. It's just they look better and they load faster in all honesty. But still, these are great consoles, I think. Um, let's just start off with talking about our best features of each console. Uh, let's start with the PlayStation 5 first because that came out earlier. Connor, you have a PlayStation 5. I know back when it first came out, you weren't the biggest fan of it. I, what are your favorite parts of the console, though? Because there are good parts. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Um, you know, I, I I will preface this by saying that I, I do have both consoles. I have the Series X and I have the PlayStation 5, just to make mention. Um, that said, uh, 
PlayStation 5, I think it would be insane to talk about it and not talk about that DualSense controller. I, I think mm -hmm. that is one of the glowing highlights of, of that platform and what they've actually pulled off with that system. Um, it, it is, when done right, I, I think that's the important misnomer here, is that when done right and supported properly, that controller's fantastic, and it goes such a f incredible distance uh, towards pulling you into a much more immersive experience with the haptic feedback on the triggers, uh, the actual tension uh, control on the triggers as well. Um, there's a lot of games that do it interestingly enough, but I think kind of the, the sour note on the dual sense for me is just that not a lot of games utilize it. Maybe that's something that changes over time, but regardless, phenomenal controller, man. I just wish that I liked the symmetrical layout more uh, of a PlayStation controller. I, I like the offset of the Xbox more, so... Um, that part kind of got negative points for me, but the killer controller, man. I mean, um, you know, Deathloop is, is obviously one of the big games that we've seen, uh, utilize that tech in a big way. Um, that's a game that a, I think is very interesting and, uh, you know, b the things it does with that controller specifically, like when your gun jams or, you know, so on and so forth, it's, it's very, very cool. And, uh, that probably is my favorite part of the entire console uh to be honest with you is that controller um sounds silly but when you use it man it, it really is uh kind of a next gen experience i don't know if that's what you want to call it but uh how do you feel on that yeah the dual sense is great uh when the console first came out i said like this is probably one of the best controllers ever made now that we're a year in, though, I kind of want to walk that back. While I still think the DualSense is great, there's a lot of features in it where I'm kind of like, this is annoying. This is it, it, None of it's ever bad, but it's like... So my biggest problem with it lately has been the the mic and the, uh, the speaker, especially the speaker. Sure. Because, for one, there's so many games that have multiplayer games that have the speaker defaulted to on. So if I don't have a headset on and I don't want to talk to people, I don't want to hear people, it comes through my controller and I have to go through the settings and turn it off. And that just sucks. Right. I don't like that. I, I, if I don't want to listen to people in my headset, I don't want to listen to them screaming through my controller. Uh, Deathloop, like you brought up, is another one of these that... Even even though it's a single-player game, whenever you talk to Juliana, her voice always comes through that speaker. And I'm like, just do it on the TV. My guy's talking through the TV. I should be able... I, it's just fine for me to hear people through the TV. I don't right. understand... Okay, yeah, you're talking through a radio, so it's more immersive, I guess, but... Not a big fan. They of do that. a lot of weird stuff with the audio. They they've been trying mm -hmm. to push that that controller speaker for a long time. Yeah, and I, I'm on board with you. I, I don't think it's that great. Uh, notably, the one that sticks out in my mind is Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it tries to do these like wind effects and whatnot when you uh, you swipe the uh, touchpad to get a guiding wind or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. It tries to come through there, but the the quality on the speaker is pretty shit. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. To be honest with you, it's not great. So it never ends up working as well as you want it to, um, which is a little disappointing. Yeah. I can agree. Uh, but we are talking about the best parts here. When I look at the DualSense, though, I love that it's a bigger controller. That was my big thing with the PlayStation 4 controller is mm -hmm. it just felt small. and Awkward to hold. Kind of awkward, yeah. And I guess that's been a thing because the PlayStation controllers since the beginning have essentially been the same thing. I'm glad that mm -hmm. they made it bigger. Uh 
the symmetrical and asymmetrical thing, I never really have a problem with. I, I adjust between them pretty easily. Um, maybe it's because I have big hands and everything. I'm just like, I, this doesn't <laughs> bug me at all. Um, yeah, I, I love all that. The uh, the vibrations and the dual sense are really cool. Uh, it's close to like what you see in the Pro Controller for the Switch and everything. It's not... I wouldn't say the vibrations are that good or anything, but it, it feels good playing and everything. Um, outside of that, the SSD in the PlayStation 5 is great. Um, it runs so fast, and I mean, it's the same thing on the Series X. Both sides, the SSD is great. Uh, I, some people say the PlayStation 5 one is faster. I honestly don't notice a difference between them, but I don't really play the same games on them, so it's hard to compare. They both run great, though, and... That's really all I care about. <laughs> so, yeah, everything's yeah. faster. After the last generation where everything was taking so long to load, the SSD... Multi-disc video games again. Yeah. yeah. The SSD yep. is just so nice to have. It It's beautiful. I, I really think that that's the biggest upgrade that this generation has brought us. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, the p- pandemic and everything uh, happening when it did and just lining up as to when these consoles released really pushed back a lot of experiences that we would have had otherwise. Uh, So I I think we almost got a half launch uh, with this, where the console ended up coming out uh, and being ready, uh, but a lot of the software and stuff that was meant to originally line up with it, I think either had to be pushed back or, you know, modified in some other way. Um, And, you know, what we ended up with was essentially really powerful, awesome consoles with nothing really to play on them for about six months. Um, I, I don't know if that was your feeling with it, and I kind of feel like that now with the PlayStation still, uh, where there's not a lot of experiences that I feel like I have to pull out my PlayStation for. Um, so I'm still looking forward to a lot of that stuff. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but mm. uh, Game Awards is coming up here, and I'm hoping for some really, really good news on that front. But um Circling back to the positives, yes, load times 110%. Both of these systems are blazingly fast, blazingly fast in in a way that we've never really seen in a console before. And I sometimes just can't quite wrap my head around how different it is than how it used to be. Um, I've been playing a little bit of uh, an older Star Wars game, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, uh, which is on the Xbox, you know, the Xbox side of things, but um, its load times, of course, a very old video game, but its load times are instantaneous. I mean, there there is no waiting whatsoever. You click a button, you're doing a thing, and that's it. And that alone, I think, is worth the upgrade mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to it. Um, you know, I, I've heard a lot of the same thing that you have where people say, oh, well, the PlayStation's faster, it's got a better SSD, or the Xbox has a better SSD. No matter which camp you're in, both are phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, both have incredibly good load times, and it is arguably the most important thing about these consoles. I would say it, I still have my PlayStation 4 and my Xbox One X. Uh, I think if I were to go back to them and play any game on them, I, I think it would just make me yearn to play the Series X and PS5 so much more. Yeah. Because... It, it's an astronomical difference. Uh, 
Psychonauts 1, when I played that on my Series X, it was loading so fast that the game couldn't handle it <laughs> at times, and it would, like, show up right. these big black bars, because it's like, you're loading too fast, we can't keep up with you, so... Slow down! Yeah. You can't do this! <laughs> I love it so much, uh, but it was also loading the entire level within a second or two. It's insane how much faster it is. Um, yeah. Uh, let's look at some negatives for the PS5 real quick. Uh, what really stands out to you besides the speaker on the DualSense since we already talked about that? Sure. So, um, I, I think that one of my biggest frustrations with the PlayStation 5 has been the home screen menu navigation. Um, I, and really just the UI in general, I, I suppose. Uh, this is something I talked about before, much closer to the launch of the PlayStation 5. I think all 5. three of us talked about how the yeah. UI wasn't great when it first came out. And it's still in that space. I, I don't feel like much has changed. Granted, it's been a little while since I booted up my PlayStation, but it it's still really, same, yeah. you know, you, you've got these incredible load times, and I've got to go dig through menus for certain options, or to get into things I want to be doing, or to change certain settings on things, and... It's kind of it's very counterintuitive as to what the console does best, and that's be fast and look pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of what I want out of these systems. I want it to be fast, and I want my games to look good. And when I have to dig through menus or hold, what what is the? Um, it's been a while, so it's, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But how do you turn off a PlayStation Five again? How many stupid things do I have to do? Is it hold the button or press the button? So I can't remember. For me, I I think if you just press it, it goes into into rest mode. The only way I shut it off is by pressing the button to bring up that bottom menu. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, all and then you have to scroll over, all the way to the other side. Pull it up, and then it asks, "Do you want to put it in rest? Do you want to shut it down completely, or something else? Maybe restart." Right. Um, yeah. It's kind of dumb. It, it, There's it too many layers. It, it reminds... The 360 handled... Well, I guess the Series X does the same thing, where you just hold it down and it automatically comes up. Do you want to shut down your console or do you want to turn off your controller? That's where right. I prefer like the shutdown thing. Oh, no, that's such a small detail and everything. But it does yeah. get annoying when you're so used to something like the Xbox. Where, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, still buy a PlayStation 5. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't let us talk about how how cumbersome it is to turn it off be a deterrent or anything but right. the games it, are still good yeah it's, <laughs> it's just a thing that it it adds up over time you're like god i gotta keep doing this it's so annoying mm -hmm. yeah no i get it and it's like that with most of the menus for the system as well i mean My, yeah. going through the store feed going through uh you know community news all of that stuff it just feels like everything is buried but uh behind too many layers of things that you have to kind of filter through and, and push through to get to where you want. And you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, it is kind of a nominal gripe. It, it doesn't matter that much. You're still going to get into your games very quickly. You're still going to get to do the stuff that you want to do with the system. Uh, but coming from something like the Xbox Series X that has such a big focus on on customization and streamlining uh, your, your home experience, um, I, I just found out, I don't know if you could... If you knew this, but on the uh, Xbox Series X, you can actually have, uh, you know, you can pen things on your home. Yeah. Um, the drop down menu. You can pin your quick resume games. Mm -hmm. uh, so just the group of quick resume games, any games that you have that are automatically suspended uh, will pop up there. And, you know, 
that kind of uh, turned a light bulb on my, on my head and made me think uh, about how much Xbox has put there that isn't necessary, but in a good way. Like, it's it's options overload to give you total control. And, you know, the PlayStation side, do we even have folders on PlayStation 5? Nope. At this point, still, I mean, and that was a big update that came out on the PS4 mm -hmm. six months before the PlayStation 5 release. You, you would think that they would be aware that things like this are necessary or at least important to the consumer experience. So um, that's probably my biggest gripe with the system. What about you? So for me, you, you kind of already alluded to it. There's no quick resume on the PlayStation 5. Quick resume is such a monumental feature in on the Xbox Series X. Uh, as you noted, you can pin it to your home screen. But also, if you just press the guide and bring up your pins and everything, it's right there wherever you want it. I can be playing a different game, pull it up, and be like, oh, I also have this other game in Quick Resume. Let me jump there, and I'm right where I left off however many days ago, weeks ago. I've been playing different games and everything, but boom, I'm right back in the Psychonauts 2 on this level without having to go through any loading screens. Quick Resume mm -hmm. is so amazing, and the fact that the PlayStation 5 doesn't have it, and honestly, it probably won't ever have it, I would assume, uh, that that's a big deterrent for me, because I obviously, it doesn't work in multiplayer games, because... You can't just leave a multiplayer game and jump right back in. Right. But for your Psychonauts 2, your Deathloop, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us, like all these single player games, you got to go through the menus and everything. Yes, everything loads up so much faster, but it's not that instant access that the Xbox has. Uh, it's also such a phenomenal tool to kind of remind you what you're doing too mm -hmm. you know i i've gone stretches where i'll play a bunch of a video game and then i'll have a bunch of real life stuff come up that i've got to go and take care of and i end up setting the controller down for like you said a week two weeks at a time and quick resume i found is and it's totally not necessarily what it's intended for but it is really nice in terms of quality of life because it reminds me exactly what i was doing and puts me in the exact spot that i left off at uh, for those single player experiences so that I don't have to be like, okay, what was I doing? Where was I at? You know, let's load up this save. Is this my most current save on this on this video game? Um, so on and so forth. So just being able to see that menu of, of quick resume games like, oh, yeah, I was playing Psychonauts 2. I, I was going for all of the achievements on there. I'll jump back into that and, and start doing that again. Um, you're absolutely right. Phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And I wish the PlayStation had it. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, this one is kind of cheating, but there's no Game Pass subscription like thing. You have PlayStation Now, but that's just awful. not as good. Fucking awful. <laughs> uh, there are some games on the PlayStation Store that you can buy from previous generations. Uh, like I bought War of the Monsters, which is a PS2 game, but there's just not enough on there. If they would just release, re-release PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games on the store itself, I think it would be so much better. Um regardless though the store's fine and everything like i said game pass is kind of a cheat because the playstation 4 didn't have that either uh aside from that uh the next gen upgrades have been a problem on playstation uh there's been a lot yes. of confusing stuff around that to the point where mm -hmm. uh the horizon new dawn is the only playstation 5 game that can be upgraded from playstation 4 for free because they said that one would have it but then they rolled it back and everyone called them out on their bullshit. Right. 
But now, <laughs> but instead of just like having that across the board for like Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us, they're sticking with this upgrade price and everything. It's so right. It's not handled well at all. Uh, it's also on a super case by case basis yeah. too. Like they never handle it the same way. So it's it's always like, oh well, what hoops do I have to fucking jump through this time to be able to play my Ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation 5 with the newest thing? Do I have to buy this or this? Or if I already have this, do I have to buy this? Or it's, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to say the word smart delivery, mm-hmm. I imagine. And it's something that people thought wasn't really going to matter that much. Turns out it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's such a, it's just easy. a powerful. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Easy. That That's the way I would describe that. You know, mm-hmm. they... They went really far in uh, trying to make it a seamless, simple experience. And that's something I wish PlayStation would do because there's a lot of phenomenal games out there that I would love to boot up on my PlayStation 5. I Hell, I would pay $10 for half of these games just to buy whatever it is, assuming that they could standardize everything and, and just make it a simple process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also had difficulty with the saves as well transferring over especially when you do the the upgrade situation you know like oh well you you better have the ps4 version installed so that you can move the save over to your thing and then you gotta have the ps5 version and and your psn uh account better be up to date with your subscription and everything and you have to manually download some games but not all of them or something like that it's really Mm -hmm. weird uh to the point where if i if I, i was thinking i was like oh I haven't played Spider-Man in a while. I kind of want to run through the DLCs because I've never done that before. And I went to download it and everything. And I was like, okay, well, I've beaten the game on my PS4. And it was like, it couldn't be found because at the time I didn't have uh, the PSN uh, Plus. And so it was like, I would have had to rehook up my PlayStation 4, re-download the game, then transfer my save over, then get switch back to my PS5 and do it. It's just not easy where Xbox is automatically taken care of at all times when you're connected to the internet. Um, right. We did mention that there's no smart delivery and everything, of course. Uh, I do have a negative to talk about that, though, when we get to Xbox. Uh, overall, great, though, not looking at games or anything, just looking at the console itself. How would you grade the PlayStation 5 over the first year? Um, are we using a letter scale yeah, or a letters. number scale? Letter. Letter scale. Um, I, you know, I would probably... If, if I was going to give one off the cuff for PlayStation 5, I would probably give them a year later a B uh, as of right now. Maybe a B plus uh, for that console. You know, for all of the gripes, all of the groans, all of the, you know, weirdness around some of the decision making that they've made with this console. All of the ugliest clearly... console I've ever seen. Oh, my God. It's awful. Yeah, I hide that thing mm-hmm. in my entertainment center for sure. Um, you know, all of that stuff aside, Sony really did do what they set out to do and that was deliver a next-gen experience in a fantastic package uh there there's still a lot of polishing and sanding that needs to happen here uh but i I do believe that over time sony's going to work out a lot of those kinks and the good thing about the playstation 5 is when things work when you get all of that other stuff figured out it's a phenomenal time. I mean, graphically, it's it's a fantastic console. Uh, Hardware-wise, while the console's ugly as sin, uh, that controller, you know, it being a little bit thicker, a little bit larger, uh, this is definitely what I feel is the best PlayStation controller of all time. 
Uh, you know, it's by far the best experience they've had with that. And uh, yeah, overall B, B plus uh, territory. I think I'm going to stick with the B. Um, there, there's still some other things that I'd like to see ironed out before I see it move up. Uh, but not a bad console at all. I mean, like you said, get it, buy it. If, if you can find it, if you can if get you your can. hands on it. If you play any amount of time on a PlayStation 4, I, I really think it's worth it if you have the money to go to the 5. Uh, a lot of your stuff just works on there already. And while there is a hassle with some of that experience, once you get everything set up and good to go, it's a banging time, man. PlayStation 5 is awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I echo pretty much everything you just said. I would probably give it an A-, minus, though. Um, I just think it's, like you said, it, they set out to do ex they did exactly what they set out to do and they've nailed most parts i mean obviously there's hiccups and everything with no smart <laughs> delivery and the no game passing is just massive to me i can't believe they still haven't worked in something like that um but it runs great uh doesn't have as much storage as i would like and the whole upgrading yeah. that system kind of sucks especially compared to the xbox just plug it in thing um that's kind of not great, but regardless, it, it's a good console. I really like it. Uh, I really prefer my Series X over it, but, I mean, by no means am I going to turn it down or anything. It, it's a great console overall. Uh, over mm. on the Xbox Series X side, though, let's get into this. Uh, what positives do you have over there? Man, uh <laughs> I could talk about the Xbox Series X forever, uh, to be honest with you. It really is a, a pinnacle consumer experience in the Xbox ecosystem. Um, I don't know if I would call it the best console of all time or the most impressive console of all time. Uh, what we saw here was very differing strategies between Microsoft and Sony when it came to launching these new consoles. Xbox went the route of compatibility and, and consumer-friendly uh, choices over everything else, and they still delivered a phenomenal next-gen system, uh, but I think focusing on a lot of that stuff just made it such an easy decision and, and keeps it such an easy decision to go to. Um, I, I would recommend an Xbox Series X to any Xbox gamer, and, and the reason for that is specifically because there there is no headache when it comes to upgrading to one of those or moving to one of those systems. I mean, you say that you, you have the Xbox One X still and the PlayStation 4. Um, I, I bet you could get rid of that Xbox One X and never care. Mm -hmm. uh, the PlayStation, though, you'd get rid of that and you'd probably lose so many saves that you didn't remember to transfer or, you know, do this or that with. And on the Xbox side, it's like you never got rid of your Xbox Series X or uh, Xbox One X, rather. And that... It is a huge plus in my book uh, on top of everything else that they've put here. Um, to talk specifics, uh, controller, uh, you know, it's not the dual sense, so there, there's not much to talk about there. They didn't yeah. innovate a lot. We'll, we'll probably talk about that here in a second when it comes to what could be better. Uh, load times, phenomenal. Um, just like the PlayStation 5, I mean, it is a blazing fast console. Quick resume is a game changer. It, it is... Such an incredibly consumer-friendly uh, technology, and I just think that they hit a lot of things exactly right here. Uh, they, they put out a console that just works, just does what you want it to do, and it, it doesn't make you second-guess everything, and I love that about it. You know, um, 
will my copy of blank video game that I have for another Xbox console work on my Xbox Series X? I don't know. Put the disc in and find out. Uh, nine times out of ten, probably is the answer, you know, and that's what I want to see as we move forward in the tech space. Backwards compatibility compatibility is great, but general compatibility is better. And I think that's what they're shooting for here. They're they're building a system that will keep you in the Xbox ecosystem because you don't have to get rid of everything the next time you buy a system. Your old controllers, bring them forward. Your old headsets, bring them forward. And I think that's kind of their their overall strategy for this. And I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I think it's awesome. What a great way to go. I love this console. I, I, I could sing praises on it all day, to be honest with you. So, Yeah, at the end of the day, the Series X is essentially an, an Xbox One X, just super powered. I, I've been saying that since launch. It's, it's essentially an Xbox One, but it's just so much better in everything it does. It's got these new features and everything, and it can play all of those games regardless if you want to play with those old controllers or not. Like, that's so cool. It's so awesome, like you said. Um, talked about Quicker Zoom. I think it's a game changer. I think it is one of the biggest reasons to own a Series X because, wow, is it just so nice. You fully shut it down, and a week later, just pick right back up where you're left off. Um, yeah, uh, the controller itself, I, I'm with you. I actually have one of the, the original one here. It's just... It, it's an Xbox One controller, but with a new D-pad. That's essentially all it is. It's still good. I love that controller, but you're right. With the DualSense, the DualSense definitely, definitely took a bigger step forward in a massive way than the One did. Although they are talking about making some kind of change along the way. Um, mm -hmm. Other things that stick out to me, um, we've gone over the fast loading times. Uh, the games are starting to come out. Uh, where all these promises of the exclusives are on the way after the Bethesda thing and everything, they're now starting to make their way here. We got the Forza, we got Halo Infinite, but next year we have uh, Redfall and Starfield. So it, it's a, definitely got a very exciting future where with the Xbox One, you couldn't really say that. Um, I think they've done a great job of updating the console. They added in a new night mode and everything. Um, it's my favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also mentioned how uh, uh, upgrading your SSD is just so much easier, but although it's going to be expensive for a while, but it's just so much yeah. easier just buy a compatible card and plug it in. Uh, also, the fact that from launch day, you could plug in your external hard drive and it would work. The PlayStation 5 had to wait a while to get that up that update. Um, yeah, it's, everything is just so... It's so crafted perfectly to just work together. There's no feature here that just is out on its own. Uh, and the features that were there from day one just keep getting better and better. They just keep adding on to it. Uh, Game Pass, we talk about it, it's the best deal in all of gaming. Now with the Xbox Series X, I can stream games on there without having to download them. That's amazing. Yeah, there's times where it's a little iffy, but I was playing Dragon Age... Was it 10 ages of elusive something HD plus S definitive edition, whatever it is. I, I was playing through that and yeah, it had to like reconnect a couple times, but the game wasn't installed to my Xbox, but uh, it was running as almost as good as it should have been. Um, yeah, uh, the Series X is just amazing in all rights. Um, I did have problems 
with uh, my original Turtle Beach headset that I had on it, but then I bought the Xbox wireless headset to go with it, and oh my god, that thing is amazing. That is one of the best headsets on the marketplace. I highly recommend if you have an Xbox, uh, definitely purchase that headset. Uh, yeah, it, overall... There's so many praises we can sing about the Series X, uh, but let's look at some negatives here. On the negative side, where do you think it could be better, Connor? The controller is definitely a big conversation. I, I think, you know, um, looking back on on what they've put out in the past uh, and, and how they've iterated, uh, just speci specifically thinking of controllers, uh, Xbox One was a pretty large leap from the 360 controller. Um, they tried the haptic trigger thing and it hadn't really took off. A lot of studios and stuff weren't interested in it. Uh, so that tech didn't get used, but there was a lot of advancements in technology when it came from the Xbox 360 controller up to the Xbox One controller. And we just didn't see that leap here. Uh, we didn't see uh, it really any kind of iterating on the Xbox One controller up to the um, Xbox Series X. Basically the same thing. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing, because that controller is good, uh, you know, it would have been a nice opportunity to maybe standardize some things that I think are really getting there in the industry. Paddles is, is one of the big ones that I've been um, feeling really, really hot on for a long time. And I think it's about to the point where those extra buttons should just kind of be standard at this point. Uh, and I would like to see both companies do that. But regardless xbox again i mean it's it's the same controller <laughs> you know there's not really it's a slightly different form factor um if i remember correctly uh, i think it's a little bit smaller and and how it fits in your hand and everything but um that's it, it's a missed mark in in my opinion um on what they they could have done that said i mean obviously the elite controller is is my bread and butter it's my preference Absolutely. uh i'm glad for the compatibility there but, um, yeah, the controller is a little bit weaker than I would expected, uh, is they usually like to do some cool stuff. Um, let's see. Um, God, it, it is a tough thing to think about because there's so much I like about this console. Mm -hmm. there, there's so much that I love about it, so much that I wasn't sure about that I, I um, maybe wasn't paying a lot of attention to in the marketing run-up to the Xbox launch. Uh, but... I love that stuff, man. Mm -hmm. A quick resume, you know, Game Pass obviously is a completely and entirely different conversation in and of itself uh, when it comes down to it. But this console is just solid, man. I mean, you know, there there's a lot of stuff they could have done, uh, certainly. Uh, but aside from the controller, there's not much else I would have wanted them to do mm -hmm. um, with this console. So that's how I feel. Uh, I mentioned earlier I had a negative with the smart delivery. Well, I love it. I think it's great that I can look at all these games and be like, yeah, that's going to give me the automatic upgrade to the um, Series X version of the game. The problem I have with it is it forces you into using that Series X version. And this comes to be an issue when you start looking at your SSD storage. It has more storage than the PlayStation 5 does, but when you're running out of room there, let's say State of Decay 2, one of my favorite games of the last few years. Absolutely love it. It has a Series X version now. It automatically upgraded and everything. Awesome. 
But if I'm running out of room and I want to still play that game, but maybe I want to just play the Xbox One version, I can't do that. It just won't let me. It it forces you into that Series X version so that if you want to play it, you have to have it installed unless you want to stream it, of course. And it's just... I, I would I would rather have the choice. Like, yeah, most of the time, everyone is going to grab the improved version because I just make sense. But if I'm running out of room and I want... And, and if I'm fine with playing the lesser version, I, I just would prefer to have that choice. That's my big gripe with smart delivery. Uh, overall, though, I think I would prefer having it just automatically let me update and everything. Uh, but... Yeah, that's my big thing with it. And yeah, looking at other negatives, it, it's it's really just looking at games, and I don't really want to do that with the console reviews here because right. Microsoft is saying, hey, yeah, all these are coming and everything. And while I mentioned, yeah, they're starting to come out now, there's still a lot that we don't know when they're coming. Perfect Dark, for example, that could be years away. We just have no clue. Um, but looking at the console itself the way it runs the all the features it has man this is a great great console i i i don't want to give it an a plus but i would definitely give it an a how about you that's yeah i'm i'm, I'm about in the same boat um i was thinking an a is is probably where i would put it uh it, it is for all intents and purposes a phenomenal video game console it's a great multimedia device uh mm -hmm. i i think that's a part that we didn't really touch on but Xbox has been kind of pushing that envelope for a while, uh, trying to rope in a lot of that other stuff with it. Um, you don't get things like the Xbox One had, such as an HDMI pass-through or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's got access to all your apps, uh, which which is not nothing, uh, I, I think. So, um, yeah, a, a is where I would land on this, for sure. It's not an A+. Uh, I don't think this is the greatest video game console to have ever happened ever for all eternity. No. Uh, but it is a very, very solid device, and it is hard to find anything wrong with it. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. A minus for PS5 for me, A for Xbox, and B for PlayStation 5 for Connor, and then an A for Xbox. If you get a chance, definitely buy them. If if you still have a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, yeah, you can get by and everything. But the moment you actually get to play these consoles and see how much better they run and how everything just looks so much better, the loading times, the features and everything, it, it'll definitely prove to you why you need to upgrade. It's kind of hard for us to just sit here and be like, yeah, this is definitively why you have to play it. But that's just kind of the situation we're in. Uh, moving on here, Forza Horizon 5 is Xbox Game Studios' biggest launch ever. There have been 6 million players so far. Uh, this doesn't mean it's the best-selling ever, because Game Pass construes that and everything, but just pure player count, Xbox Game Studios has never had a bigger launch than Forza Horizon 5. Connor, you've been playing this a lot lately. Uh, I know Joel has as well. A lot of people are playing it, and I just want to know... Does this surprise you at all that this is the largest Xbox launch ever? No, um, it, it doesn't. And there's a couple reasons for that. Um, while I go on and chat about that, John, you mind checking your messenger uh, for right. me real quick? Um, so it, um, 
it really is a phenomenal experience. Um, all of the Horizon games have been, for the most part. And I, I have played since the very first Forza Horizon, uh, all the way back. God, I was looking this up. It's like 2013 or so um, that it originally happened. Uh, or Sorry, 2012 is the original Forza Horizon. Um, got my timelines a little mixed there. And... I have always held the opinion that Horizon is by and far what the Forza game should be, what the marquee experience should be uh, for for those over motorsport. Motorsport's not bad, but it's it's not very accessible to the general population. Um, and that's okay. It's It's good to have both. But what I've seen over time with each of these games is that each one is bigger, better, and, and more incredible and more impressive than the last one. And five in all the marketing run up to its launch seem to be exactly that, uh, which is very, very exciting. Um, I also think this game kind of came out at the perfect time uh, for it, too. Like, typically you wouldn't see a racing game take off with such big numbers. Uh, but there's not a lot of other games out there right now. Not a lot of other experiences. It's kind of a, a bit of a lull in the industry right now as we kind of uh, wait for the Game Awards to kick off that that next year marketing run or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I expected it to get a little more traction than usual uh, for for one of these games. Um, best selling of all time, though. That's that is a big not best selling. Uh, most most players. So, sorry, sorry. Most players. Um, how many did you say? Six million They're people? At, they are at six million players right now. And uh, actually, let me pull it up here because wow. Phil Spencer was the first one to talk about how this is the biggest uh, Xbox Game Studios launch ever. And he yeah. he put out an interesting number there. It was The six million is updated today, so that's an up-to-date number. But there was something okay. else that he threw out there. Give me a second here. Um, fill time real quick. Never sure. mind. I got uh, it. I, mean, I got I, it. I got it. So that was yeah, yeah. I'm that good. Uh, yeah. Uh, he <laughs> on Tuesday, the day that Horizon Five officially launched, it had an early access. But the day that it officially launched, four days. Yeah. He tweeted, "We've invested for years in Xbox, so more people can play." With 4.5 million players so far across PC, cloud, and console, Forza Horizon Five shows that promise coming to life. Largest launch day for Xbox Game Studios game, and the and it beats the. It beats the peak concurrent Forza Horizon 4 high by three times. That was at 4.5 million. So if we're at 6 million now, it's probably beaten it by like four, maybe five times already. No kidding. Yeah. That's that's insane to think about. Uh, Obviously, Game Pass, I think, plays such a huge part in this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those numbers might be people that, you know, downloaded it and played for an hour or something um, because it's free. Uh, why wouldn't you uh, yeah. with Game Pass? Uh, we could make another episode about Game Pass entirely. But um, yeah, it, it, it really is a perfect storm for this video game. Game Pass uh, being a day one so that people can get in and try it with low hassle, like no commitment or anything, no upfront costs, I think is so incredibly important because obviously there's a lot of people out there that haven't experienced the Forza Horizon series before. And like I said, I mean, they've been bigger, better, and badder than every previous one. Uh, Forza Horizon 4 was certainly no slouch. Uh, phenomenal game that did numbers as well. was awesome on Game Pass. And, um, yeah, I, I think this is a studio that deserves the recognition they're getting now for mm-hmm. the work that they put in. And this also goes to show you that 
Xbox isn't messing around when it comes to these video games, man. They are supporting their studios, giving them what they need, and they are more than happy to sing the praises, and they deserve it uh, at the end of the day. This is a phenomenal video game. Uh, are, are we going to talk about the whole thing right now? Do you want to not save it for later? Talk uh, about or, it. Or do you want to? Okay. It's great. It, it is It is a, a culmination of, of phenomenal, phenomenal work between hundreds of people. If you're unfamiliar with how these games are made, uh, they do like short documentary series that break down all of the work that goes into them. They're scouting locations sometimes five, six, seven years ahead of time. And what they do is they will take out drones and, and cameras and a dozen people to these different locations and they will spend an entire year just getting photos. Just taking photos of the landscape, of the area, the different uh, weather conditions that are happening out there. Uh, and they use all of this data to compile uh, their their endgame engine um, and, and uh, build the world, though it's not a one-to-one recreation, uh, build the world that you find inside of the game. And this one, more so than any other, is insanely detailed in, in a way that I did not expect. Uh, the last game was very, very good. But this game feels entirely different. It looks entirely different. And I'm sure a lot of that is due to the new system having, you know, obviously the SSD on board. Um, you do get two modes in this, uh, which I'm curious, John, which one you've been playing on. There's a 30 FPS quality mode and a 60 FPS performance mode. Um, do you know if you've toggled between Whatever the, two the at all? default is, I haven't touched it. Okay. You might want to check that because I think the performance might be the default. Uh, but the quality mode is where it's at. Um, and I cannot overstate that enough. Uh, it adds so much in the way of foliage and other small little markers and, and um, tiny little details that you normally wouldn't get. The smoke uh, off of burnouts and off of your tires when you're hard braking or anything like that. Uh, they have a, a better engine for... Uh, particle effects as well in this game getting real technical here but um, the particle effects engine is real real good and it just brings a almost true to life experience I mean this game looks like real life uh, at certain times the photo engine in it incredible uh, I have a couple gripes but I think that's just because it's such a new and fresh game the servers are, are pretty rough right now it's like impossible to connect with anybody uh, which is a bit of a bummer, but they've already said they're working on it. It's it's a thing that they have a patch in the works. I think it's due out um, like end of next week or something uh, for that. Um, what I want to th- talk about primarily, uh, because I think this is going to be most uh, fresh in people's minds and probably in yours and mine, John, is that intro. Uh, it's a multi-car intro where... You are brought into the Horizon Festival, and every one of these games has done this, where uh, you have to do some kind of race, or there's a big opening dramatic intro that leads you into the Horizon Festival, and this game is no different. It does the same thing, but it's air-dropping cars from the sky. (laughs) I mean, you are literally getting parachuted in a car uh, down into the land, and it's all 100% seamless. No loading times between cutscenes and actual gameplay whatsoever. It feels good, it looks good, it plays good, sounds good. Uh, They've redone the sound engine entirely, which is very, very cool. And it's all of the cars that you know and love. Um, There's the 2021 Ford Bronco, which is one of the entry vehicles you get. If you haven't upgraded that, I highly recommend it. It's really, really good. Uh, But it's, it's 
such a a cool experience to just immediately drop into this world at all these different locations fly 200 miles an hour through a jungle or something there's no dips there's no drops there's no frame rate issues like this is a rock solid ass video game man and it is impressive uh but also fun and i i think that's the most important fun is is kind of the pinnacle of what you want out of one of these and there is plenty of fun to be had. Hundreds of boards to smash, all kinds of trees and nonsense for you to drive through. There's medals for driving in a cactus. It's called a smactus medal. Um, just all kinds of shenanigans. And that's what I want from one of these. It's it's uh, it's destiny if it was a car game. And that's not a bad thing. It's it's very, very good. And and I urge anybody who's ever been interested in cars or racing games whatsoever if you have an xbox if you can get a trial for game pass or if you have game pass already this game is worth your time uh to check out and and see what you think about it because i they're um the way they they've crafted this is they've kind of given something for everybody here uh john what do you what do you find yourself doing uh in the game i don't know how much time you've put in probably about the same as me uh but what do you find yourself doing in this game um, aside from like, everybody knows it's a racing game. Everybody knows that you're driving around, but I think what people don't realize is you can play this game however you want. Yeah. Uh, whether it's street racing, crossroad racing, um, PR stunts with all of your crazy monster trucks and all that nonsense, you get to craft the experience that you want to have in this. And I think that is such a cool thing. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, obviously your thoughts, but also what you're doing in Forza. Yeah, so I've played. I played for a few hours on Tuesday. Uh, I haven't played since then because I've been doing other things. But uh, uh, the things I do the most is just I like driving through the wilderness. I like getting the smackdisses, going through trees and everything. <laughs> I don't use the roads because that's the slower mo- uh, method. I'm just going off. I'm gonna ramp off at as many hills as I can, see how high yes. I can get. Uh, I started the. Uh, uh, is it cross country racing? I think. Yeah, the the one on the far left. Yeah. of the map. That's the yeah, one. I yep. did. Uh, I started doing that, and you like start by setting up uh, earthquake sensors around a volcano pool, which is okay. <laughs> and Absurd. Then you, and then yeah. you like start racing around that area and everything. Um, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, it's the big thing you always hear with Forza Horizon is how can it get better? And every single time they manage to do it, even though I still mm-hmm. prefer three, I loved Forza Horizon three. Uh, Very good. Yeah. I'm not a big simulation racer fan. I've said that many times before. I prefer arcadey racers, burnout, Mario Kart, need for speed and everything. I don't typically go for these like more serious kind of racers. But uh, the drive guitar system still feels great. I love racing against people that I see on my friends list, even though it's not really them. Um, it Everything feels really good and everything. I don't think it's a game I'm going to stick with very long and everything, but it I enjoy it. I enjoy doing the races. It Just the open world, like you mentioned, the world is great. It's so realistic. It's, it's amazing how much work they put into it. In fact, that really gets me excited for Fable because that's going to be in the same engine and everything. The same engine, yes. Albion is going to look insane. But uh, mm-hmm. just focusing on Forza here, just driving around the world is great. I don't even, like, I, yeah, of course, I'm going to do races and everything. That's the main draw of this game. But, like, just 
driving around and enjoying the scenery. Uh, I, the convoy system hasn't worked for me yet. I haven't gotten to play with any mm. friends. I just talk over the party with them. But it's just like hearing everyone talk about how good it is, how great it feels, all this time that they're putting into it. Uh, our friend Chris, he's I know he's put in tons and tons of time. Yeah, I think he's almost it. level 200 at yeah, this point. It's ridiculous. I've got like 15 hours in, and I think I just hit 27. Uh, yeah. So for him to already be level 200, it's, it's, insane. it's insane. He's nuts. Uh, me and Joel, we also tried the uh, Battle Royale mode, uh, Eliminator, mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, that that was pretty fun, even though I really sucked at it. I was terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Forza Horizon 5 is awesome. I still I want to try the uh, custom mode thing that they put in. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, because you can build your own races and stuff in this one, right? Yeah. Like you, there's a full item editor where you can bring in ramps and everything and, and really curate your own experience. Yeah. Uh, the, I, that. I'm not good at creating stuff, so I probably won't get into that, but I want to see it, what people either. can make. That's where mm -hmm. games like this can excel. So very excited. Uh, finishing up the Forza Horizon 5 talk here, do you think it has a chance at Game of the Year at the Game Awards? Um, you know, I I read that question on, on our slate for the day here uh, at the top of the hour, and I've been stewing on it this whole time. Um I think that Forza Horizon 5 has a pretty good chance at, at Game of the Year, I'm going to say. Um, this is not only a fun experience, it's it's also incredibly polished. Uh, for the issues that I am having with the servers, I've had no crashes. I've, I've had... Um, I, I have talked to some people on the older gen systems that have had some issues, so be aware that there does seem to be some technical hiccups. But as far as the next gen systems, I've had no crashing, no frame drops, no nothing. Everything is incredibly smooth. It's very quick to get in and out of, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. John, you had mentioned how you might not stick with this game forever. Uh, but the ease of access, getting in and out of different events and just exploring that world, I think is going to make this a game that many people are able to come back to for a very long time just because it's so easy to jump in and out of. Um, you know, if you want to get in and play a race for 15 minutes, that's a thing you can do in 15 minutes because you don't have to wait 15 minutes for it to load first, you know? You, that goes a really... <laughs> right, right. Uh, and that goes a really long way, I think, in terms of longevity for it. But uh, when you talk about Game of the Year, you have to consider what else is out there and, and what else the, the slate looks like. And in my mind, this year's pretty lackluster. Um, there are some really good things that did come out of this quiet time. Uh, I don't want to discount those, but Forza Horizon has arguably the best chance it's ever had of of being a game of the year game with Forza Horizon 5 being as good as it is. So I'm going to say yes, it's definitely got a chance. I agree with you. It's got a chance. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't say it's a lackluster year because there's been good games. There's been no 10 out of 10s. I don't even think Horizon yes. 5 is a 10 out of 10. Uh, but I, I, it's an amazing game for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what other games would you put up there at this point? Like so, Psychonauts 2 for sure. Psychonauts right? 2, 100%. Uh, another one people throw out there is Deathloop. Um, sure. What else has come out this year? I'm blanking right now. I can think of all my favorites, but like, that's not really <laughs> what people consider one of the best. Hades was last year. Uh, there's a... I can't think at the moment. The Artful Escape, some people throw out there. No, 
No, no, no. The game's boring as hell. Uh, How about, um, was Ratchet and Clank this year? Ratchet and Clank. Yes, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know people were real hot on that Resident Evil game. Uh, Resident Village. Evil could be considered, yeah. Um, obviously, we still have Halo to go. Is that going to make it in time for consideration? That No, it won't. It, it comes out like the day before or after the Game Awards, so that one will <sighs> not be in consideration this year. That's a bummer. Because um, I think that has a really strong shot. But we'll yeah, see. I mean, looking at the back half of this year, man, I mean, you, you know, obviously the Guardians of the Galaxy game came out, which I've heard is very good. I haven't had a chance to play yeah, it. Yeah, same. Um, Battlefield, which I have very high expectations for uh, 2042. Uh, I think that's going to be a pretty banging video game. Um, I don't it think Takes that Two is going to make my personal list, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many other people's lists that's going to make, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, man, I... Video games are cool. I you're you're absolutely right. There have been some other fantastic games, but Horizon Five, man, I I'm gonna play a lot of it. I, That's all I can say. I I really want to see it happen just for the fact that a racing game would get Game of the Year because that's something I would never right. think would ever happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, much less six million players uh, for right for Forza Horizon Five, an I exclusive mean, racing game. <laughs> right, bonkers numbers. Yeah, bonkers. All right. Uh, our last main news was Todd Howard, uh, but we're going to put that in the quick news because it uh, we're running a little long. Uh, Todd Howard says Bethesda is dedicated to single-player games. Do you believe him, Connor? No. God, no. Um, I, I don't, not because I disrespect Todd Howard, but because I know what the video game industry looks like. And all the people online that can't shut up about NFTs and shit that I just want to mute. Um, I know that stuff is going to leak over into the video gaming space. Obviously EA Ubisoft. I don't expect them to do anything crazy like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they're going to continue to make single player games. If, if that's what you're asking, I think we'll definitely continue to get that stuff, but we are moving towards uh, almost an equilibrium where every game has components of both single player and multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where we're going to end up here in a few years. And and I also think it's stupid to, to lock out those possibilities because there's a lot of cool stuff to do in the multiplayer space that doesn't necessarily mean you disrespect the single player space, you know? Um, so yeah, cool statement. Um, I, I don't think it needed to be said <laughs> per, I'm, per se. I, I believe him when he if he's talking about Bethesda Game Studios, Arcane and everything sure. like that. I don't believe him. So when I look at uh, Starfield, when I look at Elder Scrolls Six, Fallout yeah. Five, I would imagine comes after Elder Scrolls Six. I think those mm-hmm. are going to be single player dedicated games. I don't think I think after Fallout Seventy Six, they're not even going to touch multiplayer for a while. It could come yeah. in the future. I don't think they're going to even touch it with the with the games that are upcoming for them but when i look at arcane that had death loop which has a multiplayer component uh you have redfall next year which also is that is a cooperative shooter um mm-hmm. what else do they have uh tokyo ghoul what is it ghoul? oh um tokyo no that's an anime no um what is it it's tokyo something Right? Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. You, you um, go <laughs> Yeah, uh, but if I look at all the the other studios that are under the Bethesda umbrella, they 100% are 
I think will go after some multiplayer com- components, like you were saying, how all these games are like, they're, they're throwing it in there. Deathloop is a perfect example of that, where, yeah, traditionally that's a single player game, but then you throw in the Juliana um, assassin, uh, uh, assassination things, and that that just worked perfectly for them. I could definitely see those studios doing something like that in the future. Um, do you have a name for me yet? Uh, you know, it is really hard uh, to search something with one word. Uh, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ghostwire Tokyo. That's it. <laughs> uh, next up on Quick News, uh, Jeff Keighley says the Game Awards will have 40 to 50 featured games and double-digit announcements. So a lot of those games, when he says featured games, that means games that are going to appear there, uh, games that are featured in the awards, but you'll see, like, maybe announcements for DLCs and stuff. Kind of just, like, a look back. Say, like, Resident Evil, they'll be like, oh, yeah, this is one of the best games of the year. This is how everything turned out for them. Breath of the Wild 2 is already announced, so that's not an announcement, but it'll probably be featured here. really hope so. Maybe some new information on these games. Please give me some information. God, I hope Breath 2 is is talked about in some way, shape, or form. The very form. first like gameplay trailer one. for Breath of the Wild was at the Game Awards. I think there's a very strong chance that we have it, and that mm-hmm. just excites me so much more. Um, next up, Steam Deck has been delayed to 2022 because of stock issues. Uh, January, I want to say, is when it was delayed to. Are you uh, getting a Steam February, Deck? February, actually. February? Uh, yes, okay. I do have one pre-ordered. Uh, to answer your question, I actually have like the $600 Founders Edition one or whatever. Nice. Um, they're doing a really interesting pre-order situation with that if you haven't looked into it. So uh, they actually were taking pre-orders in waves. And as waves filled up, they'd make another one that was like two months later. Mm-hmm. So the initial wave has now been pushed back uh, two months to February. Uh, but the later waves will be even further than that um which i think a lot of news stories have been kind of missing out on because i think my original projected date was like august or something for my Mm pre-order uh and now that's going to get updated it's probably going to be like october or something ridiculous like that so um i expected it to be honest with you i mean the global shipping um system just seems like a nightmare right now so disappointing but i'm very excited for it and uh, they can take my money anyway so for sure uh, next up, Among Us has gotten a huge update. So uh, I covered this over at GamePer. Uh, they call it the Cosmic Cube update. They've added in microtransactions. Uh, they added in roles. Uh, there's just a ton in there. And I, I was looking at this. They added in achievements and everything. And I think it's an incredibly smart update for them. Uh, this is still a very small team, so this came a lot later than it really needed to be, but I think uh, it's a very smart update, and it has a lot of cool stuff. Whether or not that brings back the player base, I I don't think the player base has really died, but it's definitely a lot lesser than it was, let's say, a year ago at this time. Uh, But we do have the PlayStation and Xbox versions coming out in December, which should be exciting. Uh, Next up, Sega have trademarked Sonic Frontiers. Uh, there's some people saying that this could be the next game. Some people say it's the next movie. I'm sticking with the next game. Uh, there were rumors that it was called Sonic Rangers for a very long time. Frontiers kind of seems to be in that same vein. Uh, there's also rumors that this is an open world game, which I'm not 100% sold on being a Sonic fan, but we'll see when we see it. Uh, you get flashbacks to Sonic 06? No. 
No. So that that had like the same setup as Adventure where it wasn't open mm. world. It just had a hub area where you choose the levels and then those levels were right. linear. The rumor is that this next Sonic game is completely open world, which I have no idea what to think about there. Uh, yeah. Finally, on quick news, Back for Blood has revealed a road plan for upcoming uh, an upcoming new co-op mode, uh, a new difficulty, which I'm not a fan of, uh, solo offline and more. Uh, let me pull it up here. I have it actually saved right here. A uh, bunch of new features with new supply lines, uh, a practice area, uh, a holiday seasonal event coming next month, uh, new cards, quality of life improvements, melee updates. The new co-op mode is probably versus, which everyone wants. Um, yeah, exciting stuff. I really enjoy Back for Blood. Uh, so excited to see that. Uh, let's play a quick game. Connor, are you ready? Always. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to play a game I call Metascore Predictions. And we're going to look at the best Metascore Xbox Game Studios of all time. So this isn't exclusive Xbox games. This is games made by or published by Xbox. I will give you... All of these games are between 90 and 97 at the top. Okay? I will tell you... I will tell you the score. I want you to tell me what games got it. Okay? And we're looking at all Xbox consoles here. Ready? Okay. So do you want to start at the top or the bottom? Uh, Let's start at the bottom. All right. At the bottom, at 90, there are three games here. Um... Just go ahead and take a guess, because hmm. it's, if we're looking at Xbox-developed or published games. 90 uh, on Metacritic. Um, so let's get some of the big hitters out of the way, because I'm, I'm going to guess that they're a little further up the chain. Halo 1? Halo 1 is up the chain. It's not at the bottom here. Okay. Um, Halo 4? No. Halo 4 didn't make this. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was kind of thinking it'd be at the lower. Um, Fable 2. No Fables in this list either. No Fables. Wow. They were just um, under. They were like 88, 89. Oh, sure. Okay. So it's got to be some real heavy hitters. Yep. Then. Hey, I'll, um, I'll give you a hint. Uh, two of these. One of these came out in the last year. Actually, two of these came out in the Came out in 2020, I should say, when I say last year. And the other okay. one is an original Xbox game. Original Xbox. Um, okay, so let's see here. Um, last year, what did we have? Forza Horizon 4? Is that? Uh, Horizon 4 is on this list, but it's not at the bottom. Must be higher uh, yep. up on the list then. Um, 90s tough, man, because that's like... That's that territory. Would you rather start at the top? Like, it might be easier that way. Do you think so? Okay, yeah. let's let's All start right. at ninety-seven. Then. Ninety-seven. There's one title here. Halo Two. No, it, it should be. <laughs> uh, Psychonauts. No. No. Okay. Psychonauts. Also, um, I would not count because they were not owned by Xbox at the time. Up and okay, up until the second one. Um, well, even though it was after. Um, God. There's only one at 97. So the yep. highest rated Xbox published or owned game. Yep. Of, think of about, all time. Think about the most monumental Xbox release of all time. Is it? Is it Halo? It's Halo 1 Combat Evolved. Yep. Halo 1 got a 97? Yeah. 
That's that's aggressive. Right? That's I mean, I guess it was back when everything else out was pretty lackluster, but uh, it, it changed first person shooters. That's I I would say it, it deserves that's that true. Spot. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Next up. Greatest impact. One title has 95. One title has 95. Um, do I get any hints on this one as to like what You've generation of Xbox it was on? I've already said it. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Uh, now I'm not going to remember it. Um, Original Xbox. Oh, um, is it? Wait, you said I've already said it though. Yep, you've already I, said it. I feel it. like I've only said one or two. Halo Two. Halo Two. Yep. Halo Two had a has okay. a ninety five on Metacritic. Uh, Should be a hundred. But next up, there are two titles that are sitting at ninety four. These are both three sixty games. Either of them Forza games? No. Um, either of them Halo. Halo Three for Halo sure. Halo Three right? is one of them. <laughs> and then there was another series um, that started out on the three sixty. Viva Pinata. You got it. No. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. I was so happy. I was so excited. I was hype. Um, is Viva Pinata even up here, like no. on the list at all? There are no, no rare games on here at all. That's sad. That's actually very sad. It's actually a um, lot of just, it's a lot of three series, honestly. Oh, is it? No. Uh, Crackdown. Is it Crackdown? Not Crackdown. Ooh. Really stretching the knowledge here. Um, it's a series that's still going on today. We're at 95, you said? 94. 94. Oh, God. Um, still going on today. One of the biggest Xbox 10 holes. Is, is it a Forza game? <laughs> no, it's not Forza. Um, it started out on another. So it's not Halo. Wow. Then. I can't believe you're not getting this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, think I'm think of the biggest Xbox here. series right now. You have Halo, you have Forza. What else is there? For the big biggest Xbox names. Right now. Um, see, it's hard when, when you have to think of it off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Biggest Xbox series. I'm gonna I'm gonna scan my room here for some hints. Um, it's a shooter. A shooter started on 360. You said there's multiples. Yeah. Uh, it's when it's not Halo. Oh, Gears of War. It's there fucking, you go. What am I doing? I'm wearing a Gears of War <laughs> T-shirt right now. Gears That's of War up. one had a 94. Next up, there's wow. one at 93. 93. Three. Is it part of one of the series we've already talked about? Yep. In fact, we just talked about it. Yep. Gears 2 at 93. Yeah. At 90 I remember that one getting a really, really high rating. Uh, that's the only reason I, I could remember. <laughs> Next up, there are one, two, there are four titles at 92. I'll just tell you, they're kind of in the same series. Uh, Halo 4. No. Halo 4 is Halo not on five. No. It, it shouldn't be. Neither of those should be. No. Um, hmm, crackdown. Nope. It's not a Crackdown game. There are okay. four titles, all kind of in the same series. It, it's it's a weird two teams make them. Oh, are they all Forza games? Yep. Forza Motorsport all, 1. Okay. Forza no, Motorsport. No, 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 don't break it up to me. Okay. Don't I, I want to guess these. Okay, okay, you said Motorsport 1, Motorsport Motors 4. 
Nope. Two? Nope. It's got to be three. Yep, Three's got to three. be on the list. That, that's it for motorsport then, the next two are horizon yeah games. it's gonna be horizon that. games um horizon one you already said right no you said motorsport uh so horizon three nope for wow uh horizon four then right yep horizon four had a huge yeah. one and then is the new one on there for was horizon five horizon five yep. okay uh next up 91 there is one two three four on here, they all come from series that we have mentioned already. So I'll give you Forza, Halo, and Gears. There's four titles. You said 91? Yep. Then it's got to be Horizon 2. Nope. No kidding. Wow. Uh, Horizon 2 is actually my favorite Forza Horizon game. 5 might take that title, but I, I love Horizon 2. So I was really hoping it made it up here on the list. Um, Horizon 3's got to be up here. Yep, then, right? Horizon 3 is one. Um, is Horizon 1 up there as well? Nope. At that level? Nope. So then it's a Halo, a Halo game's up there, right? Yep. Is it Halo Wars? It is not, unfortunately. <sighs> that's fucked up, uh, honestly. ODST? No. Because oh, that God, should no. be up there. No, no that should, should be up there. That, that needs to be down, down at the bottom. I love ODST. It's such an incredible video game. Um, so how many, how many games left? Three games? Three games left. Yep. One racing, two shooters. There's not a crackdown up here, is there? No. No crackdown. <laughs> okay. So it's Gears 3. Yep. Gears 3 is one. My yep. favorite Gears. Um, and then, it is a very good video game, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so the one's a Halo, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's gotta... Man, this is a tough choice. Uh, one was all the way up to the top. Two was secondary. We already said three. Yep. Right? Four and five are not um, on here. We already went over that. Not four and five. So, Wars 2? No. God, what am I missing? This is oh, it's Spartan Assault. It's Spartan Assault <laughs> no, all the time. No, god I'm damn, just, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Awful absolutely awful um this is a game that a lot of people say is their favorite in the series i don't agree with them this is like a mid-tier halo game for me favorite in the series prequel Re oh reach sure there you go yeah okay um, uh, i could think was numbers all good uh one more racing game in here it's a forza game uh it is a motorsport yep. game but which and one? And it is number four. Good call. All right, finally, number 90. There's oh, yeah. three here. One racing game and two from series we have not mentioned yet. Two from series we haven't mentioned. So um, one racing game. Is it a Forza game? Yep. Uh, so that one's got to be a motorsport because mm -hmm. we've gone through most of the horizons already. Uh, we've already put... Motorsport 1, Motorsport 4, and Motorsport 3 on a list, right? Yep. So this one's Motorsport 7. No. Is that not on the list at all? It's not on the list. Oh, 7's incredible. That's such a good-ass good, good -ass one of those, too. Uh, then it's number 5. No. That Not the Xbox One one? So don't yeah. tell me it's 6, because that one was nope. lackluster. Damn, really? 
Um, three then, right? Already said three. That was higher. Did we say two? It is two. Yep. Then it's got to be, it's number two, huh? Is that yep. the one, do you remember, did you play any of those old motor, no. motorsports? I never games? had an original Xbox. There was one of those that you could race lawnmowers. There might have been several of those. Yeah, hell yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I think <laughs> it was four uh, that you could race, which is why that one sticks out in my mind. A little bit of odd gotcha. trivia for you. And you said the other two are ones that we haven't mentioned. Yep, right? they are series we have not mentioned. Uh, they both came out in 2020. I'll give you that. 2020. Uh, they have other games in the series? Yes. Hmm. One of them is a long-standing series. The other one, this is the second title. In. One of my favorite games of 2020. Xbox games that came out in 2020. Uh, this one is very musical. Uh, Metroidvania. I, th- I say it's one of the most gorgeous games I've ever played. I've talked a lot about it. Hmm. Nature themed. Nature themed. Yeah. Oh God, this one's gonna hurt, isn't it? You give up I on this one? It. Nature themed. You said twenty twenty. Why? One yeah, of the I'm best sure, soundtracks of the year. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, I haven't played any of the Ori games. Uh, that that okay. would be why yeah, those things stick out in my mind. Oh, yeah. they're so good. I love them. And then finally, they're great. game came out. Uh, this last one came out on PC last year, came out on Xbox this year. 21 minutes, baby. That's it. It's 12 <laughs> minutes. Uh, Whatever it is. That also came out at the same time this year. No, Microsoft Flight Simulator. So, Flight Sim. Has that come to console yet? Yeah, it came out earlier this year. Uh, so running from the top to the bottom, these are the best Metacritic scores for Xbox Game Studios games. Halo Combat Evolved, 97. Halo 2, 95. Gears of War 1 and Halo 3, 94. Gears of War 2, 93. Forza Motorsport 1 and 3 and Forza Horizon 4 and 5 at 92. Forza Horizon 3, Halo Reach, Forza Motorsport 4, and Gears of War 3 at 91. And then at the bottom, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Forza Motorsport 2, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. What a list. Those are some good games. I was very surprised there was no Fable on there, though. But yeah, yeah, no Fable. It, it no just... Crackdown, either. I mean, the last Crackdown one of those didn't need is to be on there. not worth talking. Well, the first one was pretty okay. The first one and the uh, third one are essentially the same. Fight me. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but the third one's just bad, though. That's the difference. Yeah. Like, the first one was okay because it came out at a time where video games weren't incredible. Mm-hmm. But the third one came out at a time where video games are incredible, and it just sucked. Yeah. So, uh, We know. are way over time. Quickly, let's show off some collectibles. What do you got? Collectible time. So this is one uh, that I picked up a little bit ago, and I'm super jazzed about it. Uh, it is the <gasps> Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world miniature set. Uh, that's I love awesome. me some Scott Pilgrim. Me too. I know that you are are the same. This is actually a full board game. That's cool. Uh, right here. So it comes with um, like a full stage setup. I know it's a little hard to see here, but you actually like do battles and everything with uh-huh. it. Um, there's miniature characters that come pre-painted and whatnot, all kinds of other little tokens and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't cracked the, uh, the plastic wrap off of it quite yet because I'm waiting for the right moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm jazzed about this, That's man. really cool. Uh, the, 
yeah, it's it's got some great art on the box. The miniatures look real sweet, and I've been trying to up my uh, my board game collection. So that's that's my pick. Cool. Uh, I went on GameStop looking for something, and instead I found these three things. I found some Oi. Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time art. Hey. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, preparing for when I move in uh, 2022, so these are all going to be hung up then. Uh, I absolutely, of course, love Ocarina of Time. But this one is probably my favorite because it's the coolest. It, again, it's Ocarina of Time, but this is also Majora's Mask. These are all of the songs, the songs. and how to play them. No kidding. That is really oh, cool. I love that. That's fucking rad. Majora's Mask is my, is my aside from Breath of the Wild now, of course, but Majora's Mask was my favorite Zelda game. Yeah. I played countless hours of it as a kid. Yeah. Every That's single song cool. is on there. That's I love that. Oh, uh, now you need an ocarina, like a real. Do you have a real? I do ocarina? have one. Yeah, I got to learn to play them all. Uh, that's gonna be tough because I have no musical experience at all. Uh, all right. Uh, before we sign off, really quick, what have you been playing, Connor? Besides Forza Horizon Five. Yeah, Forza Horizon Five has been the bulk of it. Um, but aside from that, I have been replaying Star Wars: Nice Old Republic, uh, which is the old Bioware game. It actually just got announced that Aspire is doing a full remake of that, and I am mm-hmm. both very excited and incredibly cautious at the same time about it uh, because I hope it's not bad in any way, shape, or form. Because I'll be the most disappointed person of all time. As Nice Little Republic is my favorite game of all time. I've beat it dozens of times and I figured this would be a perfect opportunity to jump back in, give it a shot. It's full backwards compatible on the uh, Xbox Series X. And like I was saying earlier, the load times are non-existent. And one of the other cool things that I found out is the piece of DLC for it. Granted, this is a pretty old game. Um, God, I'm gonna have to see when it came out. Um, Well, it was an original uh, Xbox game. Right. Yeah. So it'd be Um, 2003, four. Let's see. I'm gonna, we're going to find out right now. Um, let's see. Old Republic. Come on. Original. Release date. Uh, 2003. Yep. Boom. 2003 was Never the even was played release date. So. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been kind of plinking my way through that. Having a blast with it. It's very, very good. Uh, it actually has the DLC for it as well, uh, which I thought was really cool because, you know, DLC wasn't super popular at that time. It was right before it started kind of blowing up and online really took off. But um, yeah, good ass video game, man. And I I encourage anybody that's a fan of Star Wars, a fan of RPGs, a fan of Bioware style RPGs, definitely uh, keep your eyes out for that new remake to drop because uh, if it's done right, uh, it it could be the second best video game of all time. So Oh, damn. All right. Uh, first, I've been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. I had Holden on the show last week, and we talked a lot about the new update and everything. Been playing a lot of that at night. I can't, I've i been transforming my island now, and I'm going to... So I showed Holden how it looked before, and now I'm going to bring him in when I'm done, and like I'm, I'm going to try and really wow him because he's the Animal Crossing guru. And then finally, the wow factor. for the first time ever, I beat The Legend of Zelda, Bre- or uh, I almost said Breath of the Wild, uh, Link Between Worlds on my 3DS. And hey. oh my god, I was so wrong about that game the first time I played it. I wasn't huge into it. I didn't like how they handled the items and everything. God, that's a damn good game. Uh, definitely glad that I went back and played it again. And yeah, I completed it. Uh, such a damn good game. All right. 
it is now time to sign off. We went way over, but that's fine because we had good conversations. The real time we went over was the friends we made along the way. Uh, you said it. Thanks so much for watching or listening to the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Pixel Street and subscribe to us on YouTube by searching Pixel Street videos to find exclusive content from us that you will not find anywhere else. This week, I got Holden, Chad, and Matt from Average Nobodies, and we played a game of Mario Party Superstars. Both episodes of that are out now. Please go watch them. That is the best Mario Party game I have ever seen. It has the most amazing ending. Please go watch that because, God, it, it is so cool to watch. Uh, you can also join our Discord by following the link in the description of the show and become a part of a growing community of nerds. We brought back Pal Party Nights a while ago, played some Halo. Not sure what we're going to play next. Maybe we'll do a Horizon 5 Party Night. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, and finally, wherever you are watching or listening to the show, excuse while I burp, please give us a truthful rating. Whatever it is, it will help us get better for the future, so let us know what you think can be improved and what you want to see. Connor, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the real Birch. That's Birch Like the Tree Without the I, B-R-C-H. Uh, you can come find me and my opinions there. I also post pictures of my dog sometimes, so... Um, dogs, plural. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I said that. Um, yeah, you know, come come hang out, chat. I know I'm I'm not around as much as I used to, but we'll see. Maybe that changes here soon. So, um, either way, it's it's been an absolute joy to be back and and talking about video games again uh, with a camera in my face. It's mm -hmm. kind of cool, I guess. Sometimes. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks thanks for being here. Thanks for being the people that you are, and thanks for supporting the show. Uh, because I know these guys are some of my favorite people. I hope that they are your favorite people too. Ah. Uh. I'm John Hansen. You can find me on Twitter at Revic Shadows. You can also find my writing on GamePur.com. I guess I might get into the Grand Theft Auto trilogy this week and cover that a bit. <laughs> I just, I don't know if I want to, but I might. I don't know. Uh, we don't want to. Aside from that, I'm not sure what's coming out on the YouTube channel in the future. Just stay tuned. We will see what comes out. I have ideas, but it's just a matter of getting them done. Uh, thank you so much for watching our listening. We will catch you on the next one. Bye.